And good morning, Transformation Radio listeners. It is Monday, Memorial Day, May the 30th. We've got songs, scripture, and a devotional to get your day going. First up, Citizen Saints with You Brought Me Back to Life. I wandered through the darkness, wasting away. My soul was cold and hopeless, dead in the grave. Like a river of life in a dry land Like a flicker of sight to a blind man I saw the glorious light from John chapter 18 verses 25 through 19 verses 22. Meanwhile, as Simon Peter was standing by the fire warming himself, they asked him again, You're not one of those disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, No, I am not. But one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Didn't I see you out there in the olive grove with Jesus? Again Peter denied it, and immediately 
a rooster crowed. Jesus' trial before Caiaphas ended in the early hours of the morning. Then he was taken to the headquarters of the Roman governor. His accusers didn't go inside because it would defile them, and they wouldn't be allowed to celebrate the Passover. So Pilate the governor went out to them and asked, What is your charge against this man? We wouldn't have handed him over to you if he weren't a criminal, they retorted. Then take him away and judge him by your own law, Pilate told them. Only the Romans are permitted to execute someone, the Jewish leaders replied. This fulfilled Jesus' prediction about the way he would die. Then Pilate went back into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews, he asked him. Jesus replied, is this your own question or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate retorted? Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, So you are a king. Jesus responded, You say I am a king? Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. What is truth? Pilate asked. Then he went out again to the people and told them, He is not guilty of any crime. But you have a custom of asking me to release one prisoner each year at Passover. Would you like to me release this king of the Jews? But they shouted about, No, not this man. We want Barabbas. Barabbas was a revolutionary. Then Pilate had Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip. The soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put a purple robe on him. Hail, king of the Jews, they mocked, as they slapped him across the face. Pilate went again outside and said to the people, I am going to bring him out to you now, but understand clearly that I have found him not guilty. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said, Look, here is the man. When they saw him, the leading priest and temple guards began shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! Take him yourselves and crucify him, Pilate said. I find him not guilty. The Jewish leaders replied, By our law he ought to die because he called himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was more frightened than ever. He took Jesus back into the headquarters again and asked him, Where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. Why don't you talk to me? Pilate demanded. Don't you realize that I have the power to release you or crucify you? Then Jesus said, You would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. So the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. Then Pilate tried to release him, but the Jewish leader shouted, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who declares himself a king is a rebel against Caesar. When they said this, Pilate brought Jesus out to them again. Then Pilate sat down on the judgment seat on the platform that is called the stone pavement, in Hebrew, Gabbatha. It is now about noon of the day of preparation for the Passover. And Pilate said to the people, Look, here is your king. Away with him, they yelled. Away with him. Crucify him. What? Crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the leading priest shouted back. Then Pilate turned Jesus over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus away, carrying the cross by himself. He went to the place called the Place of the Skull, in Hebrew, Golgotha. There they nailed him to the cross. Two others were crucified with him, one on either side with Jesus between them, and Pilate posted a sign on the cross that read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. The place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek, so that many people could read it. Then the leading priests objected to this and said to Pilate, 
change it from king of the Jews to he said I am king of the Jews. Pilate replied, no, what I have written, I have written. a place where mercy reigns and never dies there's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide for all the
morning, man. It's Pastor Delaney, and uh, I pray that you guys are doing well. I thank you so much uh, for allowing me to share with you guys last week at Encounter, and I pray that you uh, appreciated uh, Joyce. Um, I'm hopeful that Joyce will be able to come back and share some questions and answers uh, with you guys, and um, sometime in the near future, to come down and just spend some time just in a round table and uh, just have a time of healing and discussion and just uh, coming together, uh, you know, to learn from one another. Um, kind of wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about something that uh, came up last night when I was in Muskingum County. I uh, wrote about it a little bit today in, in the blog that I write for the champions and for other people. And But it's this idea of how am I to love that's tough. Uh, we really don't get a whole lot of lessons in it. And then we come into something like the refuge and we've been out as a taker for so long, you know, as you've heard over and over again while you've been here. And now I'm being asked to be a giver. And one of the things that I'm being asked to give is, you know, to love people and even to love those people that aren't overly lovable. And that starts with the person that's in the mirror often. We're, we're the ones that aren't uh, the most lovable uh, in the grand scheme of things. And so beginning to love myself the way that God loves me. But using that and translating that into how to love other people, that's tricky. Especially when we're in scenarios and situations where our personalities don't match or we're just not not quite feeling it, you know really don't know if I really get along with that guy. He's a lot different than me. Am I really supposed to love him? What does that look like? That's a lot of pressure. But you know, it's really tough sometimes, but it is the mandate from um, Jesus himself. Uh, he made it really clear, you know, that he wants us to love him and love other people. Um, you know, he makes it clear, like in Mark 12, he says, I want you to love God with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength. But this is tough here. You must love others the same as you love yourself. And sometimes for us, because we don't love ourselves, because we've been through a bit of a mess, we really have to draw upon the love of God often in order to effectively love other people. Hopefully that makes some sense. Because if I can get myself aligned vertically with the Father, understand how much He loves me, then I can use that love to love those around me that maybe, again, don't seem so lovable, including that guy that's in the mirror. And so I wanted to give you just a couple of things to think about in terms of uh, how to love others kind of no matter what. And that's even trickier, right? We just talked about it. Oh my gosh, I don't know really if I could love that person because of you know what I think about them. It's even tougher when we have other relationships that maybe we've been a part of that haven't made themselves too much of a loving environment. And so my encouragement today is how do I love others no matter what? And here's the thing. God chooses to love all of us in all circumstances. You know, his love for us is unconditional. And so he can inspire us and empower us to choose love in our relationships, no matter what. And 
while loving others is hard like we've said it is the most powerful choice we can make when we're followers of Christ because here's the deal when we do that Jesus himself you know said I have to love others when I do that it's how someone knows I'm a Christian the Bible says they'll know that we are Christians by our love, by our love one for another. And so first thing you need to recognize is that you do have the power to choose. You have the power to choose whether or not you love because your love's not dependent on whether somebody loves you back. Your love will prevail because you're relying on God to provide the love for that person, provide the love for that situation. Secondly, you know, you can commit to that in all of your relationships. You can make a decision to choose that I'm going to work diligently to connect to other people in love. I'm going to come from the position of love in those interactions and those communication opportunities that I have over the course of the day. And that sometimes isn't the easiest because we're really looking for them to love me first. But the Lord said, hey, you love. You make the choice. You weighed in with the idea that you're going to communicate in love and let me take care of the rest of stuff. But here's the cool part about love is that when we get in those situations that feel conflicted or we encounter those people that we really don't think that we can love, we have a lot of fear about that. And perfect love casts out all fear. And so when we're feeling that tension between each other or we're feeling that tension as we go back home perhaps or we're feeling that tension of you know I'm not totally certain how they're going to receive me that is fearful stuff and if I choose to love and I choose to communicate in love and be the first to to the table with love then that love will cast out the fear that I'm feeling about that connection and when I do those things when I make that choice and when I wade into that intentionally and I allow love to cast out the fear that I have about loving other people And what that does is that builds the foundation for building on a better relationship. So suddenly I've put my foundation on something that God is. Because what is God? He is love. And so when I can build the foundation of my communications and my relationships with others on love, then that is the pillar that all the other things about our relationship can be built on. So I'm choosing it. I'm choosing to act in it and communicate with it. I'm allowing it to cast out the fear so that it can begin to build the pillars of my relationships. And then what it'll do, it'll help other things. It'll define the boundaries of our relationship. It'll help me with conflict in our relationship. It'll build honesty and trust in our relationship. But it all has to start with a position that I am looking to love. I'm making a decision to love. I'm embracing love as my first order of business when I come into a relationship with someone else. And in the world of the street, when we've been out, you know, trust is hard to get. Trust is hard to give. Um, If I start with love, it helps. When we were out on the street, you know, we didn't feel too loved, and we made so many mistakes, and so we feel like we can't be loved. And if I know that I am loved, and I'm channeling that love of the Father to love other people, then He will give me what I need to move past even those insecurities I have about myself and be able to share love. So, real quickly, just closing with this. uh, Just a quick note today. Nothing overly profound, nothing crazy today. Just pretty simple stuff. But what I want you to remember is that we have this command to love, and God's telling us to love because it's good for us. You know, it's what He is. 
So if I want to be like him, if I want to channel him, if I want to emulate his son, if I want to uh, look like Jesus, if I want to talk like Jesus and act like Jesus, I have to come from a position of love. It's a choice. It starts my communication. It casts out the fear in my life. It provides the base for trust and for dealing with conflict. It's the pillar of my relationships with others. And the thing is, is and one the wonderful part about it is, it's that when I demonstrate love, I won't have to talk about being a Christian. People will know because of the way I love. Man, I pray you have a great week this week. Um, I, it's an honor to be a part of what we're doing here and being a part of you. I look forward to seeing you soon. Take care. And our psalm reading today comes from Psalm verse 119, verses 113 through 128. I hated those who divided loyalties, but I love your instructions. You are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. Get out of my life, you evil-minded people, for I intend to obey the commands of my God. Lord, sustain me as you have promised, that I may live. Do not let my hope be crushed. Sustain me, and I will be rescued. And then I will immediate, then I will Im- meditate continually on your decrees. But you have rejected all who stray from your decrees. They are only fooling themselves. You skim off the wicked of the earth like scum. No wonder I love to obey your laws. I tremble in fear of you. I stand in all of your regulations. Don't leave me to the mercy of my enemies, for I have done what is just and right. Please guarantee a blessing for me. Don't let the arrogant oppress me. My eyes strain to see your rescue, to see the truth of your promise fulfilled. I am your servant. Deal with me in unfailing love, and teach me your decrees. Give discernment to me, your servant, then I will understand your laws. Lord, it is time for you to act, for these evil people have violated your instructions. Truly, I love your commands more than gold, even the finest gold. Each of your commandments is right. That is why I hate every false way. And a reading from Proverbs is Proverbs 16, verses 10 and 11. The king speaks with divine wisdom. He must never judge unfairly. The Lord demands accurate scales and balances. He sets the standards for fairness. And as we wrap up this Monday edition of Transformation Radio, I just want to pray for those guys that uh, will be coming into the ministry today as they travel and uh, for their families today too. So if you would pray with me. Father God, uh, we thank you for your son Jesus and through him that we have life through his death. Um, let's pray for all those guys that um, were coming to the refuge for orientation this morning, Lord would uh, just give them clear minds uh, to make this decision um, to follow this path. God, you would just grab them with the Holy Spirit, awaken them, call them to you, to you today, Lord. And Jesus said, no one comes to, the, to me unless they are called by the Father. So we're asking you to call them today, Lord. And um, you would, they would enter into this new phase of their life and into a new life that they, they've not experienced yet. I uh, thank you for all your goodness and your kindness, Lord you are more than gracious to all of us and in all things. And uh, we pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus, today. Amen. All right, one last song. Chris Tomlin and Matt Revin, The Wonderful Cross, here on Transformation Radio. You guys have a great Monday on this Memorial Day, and we will see you tomorrow.
My soul, my life, my. 